Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Melissa Etheridge, she had David Crosby's baby, you know. David died last year. This is uh, one of many of her great songs. Come to my window is another great Melissa Etheridge song. This is uh, 912 on your Monday morning, fourth and final hour of your favorite talk show. That's me. Laura Curran is on 4 to 5 every Sunday, Cut to the Chase. It's a great show. Her podcast, same name, Cut to the Chase, also great. And uh, Laura told Jason Barrett and Barrett Media last month, that uh, Sid Rosenberg makes radio easy, and uh, she now has a lifetime membership to the Sid Rosenberg Fan Club. In fact, in today's New York Post ad, Sid and Friends in the Morning, 18 color pictures, everybody from Donald Trump, John Katsimatidis, Mayor Adams, to Curtis Sliwa, Laura Curran is one of those 18. So here she is, my friend Laura, former Nassau County executive. Laura, good morning. How are you? Good morning, and I love how it's me and Donald bookending the whole crew, the whole morning lineup. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's funny. Yes, you're really re- fitting about that. Your Republican conservative president and your liberal oh, listen, the one thing about you and it's the reason why I like you is John Katsimatidis, he knows I'm gonna break his chops here. He's always talking about common sense Democrats. They don't exist. They just don't maybe there's three or four, I don't know, but every time I think there's a common sense Democrat, they do or say something which says to me, there's no common sense. None. You are a common sense Democrat. Now you got screwed. We've been over this a million times, a million times, by Todd Kaminsky. And I like Bruce Blakeman, and I think Bruce is doing a terrific job. But I know you'd still be a great politician because you are maybe the only common sense Democrat. Wow. Well, let's see if I can preserve that status. You know, I like to look at things from an operational point of view, from a practical point of view, and I really try to avoid the politics as much as possible. I know you have to do some politics as part of it, but if you show people that you can run things 
you, they will think, okay, this person, I may not agree with them on everything, but at least I feel like someone's running the shop here. That's fair. So then give me your thoughts on Neely Penny. And if you think Penny's a yeah. bad guy and should be in jail, you can say it. I don't, obviously, you know how I feel. But give me your thoughts on, on this case, which is, to a certain extent, not, not George Floyd, I get it, but has the potential to turn this city upside down. So I think there's three main things here. First is, as someone who rides the subway fairly regularly, I, like you do, um, I wasn't surprised that something like this happened. It was more of a question of when, not if. And I do sense an increased police presence on the subway. I think that's great. Uh, But sometimes when you're in the subway, it feels a little bit like the night of the living dead. People who are not being cared for, who can't take care of themselves, um, most of them are not threatening. But sometimes they are. And I think if you ride the subway, you sort of you, you're sometimes in that kind of fight or flight mindset. It's like a heightened uh, awareness of what's going on. OK, so that's the first thing. The second thing is we still don't know exactly what happened. This happened what it was a couple of weeks now, but we don't have any more. Really, the public doesn't have any more information now about what led up to it than we did then. Uh, and then the third thing is, OK, so. You have this heightened atmosphere. We don't really know what happened. And then we have the Rorschach test. You put this out there in the media. You put it in the press. You know, people see the video without the context. And so people will impose what they want on it. So I have to say, I think Mayor Adams, and I know that you're, you know, you kind of like him, but you have ambivalence. I think on this, he's been really good. Oh, he was. He he was until this weekend. Until this weekend, he was great. He was the only one. I mean, Hochul was terrible. You know, when he comes out this weekend and says, this can't keep happening to black and brown people, don't do that. This has nothing to do with black or brown. I I understand. That's what we do in this city. And Adams does it all the time, right? Ed uh, Day, racist, Abbott racist. It feels like with, with Adams, he'll say something and it's like, yes, he's speaking. He's saying the sensible thing. Then I think he gets the pressure. And then feels like he has to say something to calm down the people yeah, who are pressuring him. Right, but th- that's exactly what happens. That's what Alvin Bragg does. That's no good. Alvin Bragg didn't want to indict Donald Trump. He felt the pressure. Alvin Bragg probably didn't want to arrest this guy. He felt the pressure. If you're a leader like Donald Trump, you don't give a rat's ass about pressure. You do what you feel is right. And for a week, Eric Adams, to your point, Laura, was saying all the right things. And then he caved. And once again, he's making it a white-black issue because you know that if Daniel Penny was black and Jordan Neely was white, we'd be having a ticket tape parade. Well, there's the other aspect with all of these people. And, and by the way, there's no winners here. This is just a terrible thing for everybody. But I would love to know where all of these people who are outraged by this death were when how many scores of other people have died in the subway? What is it? I, I forgot the statistic, but it's like 20 27, people within the not too, 27 yeah. dead since 2020. And not all those people, not all those people shot or stabbed, just thrown by crazy people in front of moving trains. Yeah, that's right. And so, again, that leads to point number one, this heightened sense of anxiety and fight or flight. Here you have someone who was a Marine who is, you know, clearly trained in dealing with a situation like this. You know, who know what instinct kicked in in him. We don't know. So what Mayor Adams said before he started with this pandering thing over the weekend, which maybe is what it is. I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. But it's like, okay, sometimes saying the sensible thing takes a lot of political courage. Like the sensible fact of it is we don't know what happened. Let's follow the facts. Let's let's do the investigation and see what happened. Uh, 
what's interesting also is this outpouring of support for Daniel Penny. I mean, I think from last I checked, they raised $2 million to help yeah. with his defense. Yeah. And that tells you what people are thinking, what real people are thinking, right. not, the, not the activist class. Well said. Trying to tell Democrats what to think and how, what to say. Well said. Uh, Jimmy Breslin, maybe the greatest yeah. writer ever in New York, his son Kevin loves me and loves this show, listens every day. He goes, I'm a common-sense Democrat who agrees with a lot of what you say. Many of your listeners do. That comes from Kevin Bresley's, uh, Breslin, Jimmy's son. Uh, I want to get back uh, to something else here, too. Again, you were the Nassau County Executive. Laura Curran cut to the chase four to five every Sunday. She really is terrific. You were the Nassau County Executive for many years. You call Nassau mm-hmm. County home. And it looks like they have finally come calling an indictment with 13 charges unsealed last week for George Santos. I know that made you yeah. happy. Well, you know, that's an interesting one. Will he leave? That's the thing. Uh, I don't think he's going to clearly not going to leave on his own. Uh, will Kevin McCarthy put pressure on him to leave? Because it's funny, I was talking to Andrew Giuliani yesterday. Uh, his show comes on right before mine. And Andrew had a good point. Wouldn't Andrew Mac- uh, Andrew, Kevin McCarthy want to get rid of Santos to help the other Dem- uh, Republicans who won congressional seats in blue districts? They're going to have really tough races, D'Esposito, Lawler, Lalota, all those guys, Alota. They're going to have tough races next year. So why not just rip the Band-Aid off, get rid of the Santos guy because he's such a liability? Now, you know the Democrats are going to have great big signs and billboards and, like, you do the party of Santos. If you vote for D'Esposito, you're voting for a Santos enabler, no matter how much D'Esposito goes against Santos. That doesn't matter. This is, this is great for Democrats if he stays, honestly. However, there's one guy who I think if there is a special election would blow away any Republican, and that's your former friend, Tom Swazi. I said that last week, and I got pushback. Yeah, I said that last week, and I got pushback. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I do oh, think no, he, he would. He would mop the floor. He's, he's very popular in the district. People really like him. I agree, and I think he would mop the floor, and it was unfortunate that he – called the remark he made with me and Bernie, which was a 1,000% right. He was giving credit to Ron DeSantis' parental lockdown in Florida and talking about feeling the pressure, Lori. Here we go again, Alvin Bragg, Eric yeah, Adams. And listen, listen to me. He's, he was in a primary. He had progressives coming after him. You know, he is a common-sense Democrat, but he's got these people coming after him. So he's got, in a primary, it's just realistic. You have to temper what you say to get through the primary, which is why these primaries are such a pain uh, because – a very small proportion of voters vote. So you're only going to have the very liberal Democrats, by and large, voting in a primary in a congressional race. How about a little so, profile, but how about a little profile of courage just once? I know he's in the primary. He's got donors. He's got money. Progressives called him up that day. Inartful three days later. How about once some politician show a little profile of courage and just stick with what they said, which was right, rather than cave into the mob? Well, I can't disagree with you on that. I think I think political courage is at a bit of a minimum right now, which is why we have such a lack of leadership on the border. And you have local officials forced to fight with each other in a sort of Lord of the Fly scenario. You have governors fighting with mayors, fighting with county execs. It shouldn't be like that. It's like the parents have not showed up because they're afraid to talk about it. And you have buck passing and blaming at the highest levels. And it just trickles down to such dysfunction. 60 seconds to go. Laura Curran, so great. Cut to the chase. Four to five Sundays. You were telling me a couple of days ago when I booked you on Friday that you're about to do your podcast with a gentleman who spent some time on MSNBC 
And you were going to talk about specifically Donald Trump's legal battles. Last week we found out E. Jean Carroll, of course, that ridiculous verdict. But uh, you were talking specifically about that. What transpired during that podcast? So is this this is oh that was a really interesting one with Andrew Weissman. So he's an MSNBC analyst and he's also a former federal prosecutor, big prosecutor at Department of Justice. And I said, okay, there's so much incoming information about Trump's legal problems. What are the priorities? What are the, what's the highest stake one? It was the Georgia case because if he goes to jail for that, if there's a really serious consequence. He cannot be pardoned no chance. because it's a, it's a state case, not a federal case. I understand. So that no might chance. not be the highest. No, yeah, exactly. No, no chance. So it, yeah. it, was, it was a great way to help one consume all of this, this barrage of news. Yeah, it's a barrage of news. Well, thank you for joining me today. You're a TV star now. I know you go on Fox News. You go on Newsmax. You got a show at WABC. Why would you ever go back to politics? You're a star. Oh, you're so sweet. You know just what to say to a girl, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. You really are blowing up. And I'm happy for you because I really find you to be really, really good, smart, entertaining, common sense. So thank you for joining me today. We'll be listening on Sunday. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sid. Talk to you later. You got it. Laura Curran, former Nassau County executive. And, of course, her podcast here at the Red Apple Podcast is Cut to the Chase. That's the same name as her radio show, 4 to 5 every Sunday afternoon, Cut to the Chase.